Father's Day is right around the corner and Jesse Browns is ready for dad, granddad, stepdad, or your favorite uncle. Benchmade knives, fly rods and reels, Patagonia clothing, or a fly fishing wading trip experience are all available just at Jesse Browns Outdoors in the heart of Charlotte's shopping district, the South Park area. Or head over to our brand new website that includes the Carolina Outdoors podcast at jessebrowns.com. Hey, you'll hear fishing reports here on the Carolina Outdoors because that's part of what we do. And this time of year, a lot of anglers are hitting the different streams, rivers, lakes, and even the coast that we have here in the Carolinas. And it's a great time for us to talk about those important things. Welcome, everyone. Bill Barty from the Carolina Outdoors with... Wes Lawson, also from the Carolina Outdoors and Jesse Brown's Outdoors. And Wes, with that being said... We like to look forward, present and forward during these fishing reports, but sometimes it's good for a little bit of recollection from what uh, what we came from. And if you will join me, Wes, in looking back into the late summer of last year, it got really warm, really mm-hmm. warm. Uh, let's just go ahead and say hot, and it got dry. So July and August were that way, and as we look further west, it was even drier and hotter. Yep. And then along came some gully washers, severe storms that put out some somewhat devastating impact on area trout streams. And from that devastating impact, it, it, it was impactful on how the hatcheries, their population of fingerlings and fish that they use for stocking the Carolina streams. North Carolina has a wonderful delayed harvest program. That whole entire program was somewhat changed that happens in October because of a storm that happened in August. And it affected some of our prime streams as well. It did. You know, that uh, that long dry spell that we might call a drought, which I think we're in most of the time nowadays, that ground, even around our, our rivers and streams, was so dry it couldn't absorb water fast enough. But that deluge that we had did cause some pretty severe flash flooding, which isn't uncommon in our mountain areas and, and even through the Piedmont, but the the sheer amount of water, rivers like the Davidson, that can ordinarily handle fairly large volumes of water as far as the Carolinas are concerned, were absolutely overrun. Roads were washed out, covered up, trees were down. A hatchery did flood. Um, which is never a good thing, which, you know, we had after effects for quite a while of stocking schedules and things. Um, It was, I think, you know, devastating would be a word we would use. I mean, it changed the structure of countless rivers, creeks, and streams. Well, you mentioned the Davidson, um, and let's look into the Davidson. I've got a book right here in front of me, uh, a great reference if you are entering the sport of fly fishing uh, in North Carolina. Fly fishing the Blue Ridge Parkway, the North Carolina section by Sam Johnson. It's got areas in it that our anglers hit, like the Davidson, like the South Toe, like Wilson Creek, that mm-hmm. watershed. Mm-hmm. They were all affected by that particular storm and the after effects. But what's that mean now? Let's bring Sam Johnson onto the Carolina outdoors and learn a little bit about those areas' recovery and what it means to the fish and to us anglers. Sam Johnson, welcome to the Carolina Outdoors. 
Well, thank you, Bill. Uh, it's good to be with you and Wes on Carolina Outdoors today. Uh, we're getting ready to head into some really good trout season, so um, looking forward to, to, to getting out there more. Well, and with that being said, the really good trout season, these trout love cold water, and uh, they love water. So what does it mean to these particular areas when there's not a lot of water, when we have a lack of rainfall, the waters start warming up as the summer comes upon us? What does it mean to those fisheries and to, uh, to us anglers who are heading to those fisheries? Well, that's a really good question, and it's something everyone should consider when they're trying to decide where they want to go chase trout. And, uh, you know, you were just talking about the Davidson. The Davidson, you know, doesn't really source that high. It, it sources, you know, right up over, right under, right at 4,000 feet. And um, it, it, it typically is warmer uh, than most of the other area trout streams, even in the winter and certainly in the summer. But, you know, anytime you've got that type of warm water and lack of rain, uh, you're going to have less dissolved oxygen in the water. Uh, you're going to have less places for the fish to hide, less, less lanes for them to feed in. They get much more lethargic and uh, spooky. And, of course, you know, uh, what a lot of people fail to realize is that just because you, you do catch one, don't fight it too long because they're probably in an oxygen deficiency to begin with, and and you can you can kill them if you if you if you if you fight them too long. So there's all kind of things that happen when water levels get low and the temperature warms up in these trout stream areas. And so following that storm that we talked about earlier, how did that really change the sticking with the Davidson? How did it change? how we fished that stream you know some some sort of honey holes some favorite spots did shift there had been a, a sort of a reclamation going on before that to help bring that stream kind of back to its its uh, once informal glory but how did that storm really affect that stream well it uh i think we're talking about tropical storm fred yep. uh, last year and it was a completely unprecedented amount of water that came down through that and other area watersheds in western north carolina uh it it, it for the most part changed the entire substrate and, and structure and direction of that stream in many areas um, there were some areas right below the hatchery uh, where it literally changed the course of the river um, into a, a water into a, 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 a flow that probably hadn't had water in it in four or five hundred years, and uh, it, it completely changed it. And so um, it, it it dumped so many fish into the river. I mean, there were fish up into the side of the the, the, the banks and in the in the side of the mountain, dead fish for weeks and weeks. But it's changed the way you fish that river, although it's returning. I was on it yesterday, in fact. And most of the fish that were dumped in there, uh, they've either blown out into the French Broad River and they're, they're either surviving or getting killed in it, or a lot of them probably starved to death in the Davidson River just because there wasn't enough entomology to feed them. Uh, they didn't know what to do. They'd been eating pellets, and all of a sudden they get dumped in a creek, uh, and there's not enough food in it for hundreds of thousands of fish that got put in there. 
So what we're finding is that it's starting to normalize now. The fish are starting that have survived are getting a little more picky like they were before. Uh, so um, it's starting to fish much more like it did, even though the structure uh, honey holes are, are have moved around. So you've got to you got to hunt for those now. Sam Johnson's telling us a little bit about the Davidson River. This is located near Brevard, North Carolina, right within the entranceway of Pisgah National Forest. It includes some uh, great artificial lure water only, as well as some hatchery supported, as well as some private water, as well as some wild trout water. All of this right there in the Brevard area of North Carolina. Sam, you were just up there, as you mentioned. How about the roadways? Because I know we're talking about the fish and the river, but access were you hampered at all with some of the washout from the roads uh not at all uh the 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 276 which runs parallel to the davidson river from pisgah forest all the way up to uh looking glass falls and then the hatchery road uh those roads were in were in pretty good shape until you get to the upper part of the davidson the upper campground uh, where it crosses where Laurel Creek comes in, it, 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 it damaged that bridge, and they had to do some work there. But all in all, the, the roads are in pretty good shape up and along the Davidson. Well, you, you mentioned uh, where it starts, and I've got the book, Fly Fish in the Blue Ridge Parkway, the North Carolina section. We know you're working on Virginia as we speak, but if we go a little higher up in regards to uh, um, uh, I guess, uh, altitude, at the base of Mount Mitchell, there's a river uh, off the Blue Ridge Parkway called the South Toe River. How did that uh, river take the storm, and how is it doing now? That that river did not take the hit, especially the headwaters above Black Mountain uh, Campground didn't take near the hit that it did on the Cane River did on the east side, the northeast side of the mountain. I was on the on that river several weeks ago, and it, it was totally devastated in areas, much like the Davidson. But the South Toe River, um, especially the upper part of it, didn't take near. Uh, the damage that a lot of the rivers and streams further west uh, have had, especially the the, the headwaters um, of uh, of the South Toe, uh, the Lower Creek, the Right Fork, and Left Prongs, um, those streams are pretty much intact. But Bill and 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 West, that's true for most of the headwater streams in all of these, even the Davidson. When you get up. On, on Daniel Ridge Creek and Wright Fork Creek, which are the two headwaters of the Davidson River, you can't really tell anything even happened up there. It fishes about like it did before Fred came through, and that's the same with the South Toe. Now, of course, you, know, you mentioned earlier when, when these rivers change course and direction, when, when they basically dredge new channels through what otherwise was forest, marsh, or bog, the substrate is changed, and the aquaculture, so the, the bugs that live there, you know, what lives under the rocks in a stream is totally different than what lives under leaf litter in the woods. How long, in your guess or estimation, does it take for those sections to really almost return to fishing or improve to sustain fishing, to sustain fish, and all the other creatures that live in a stream versus near a stream. 
You know, um, Bill, I, it, it varies by stream, but the streams that we're talking about in Western Carolina, my experience in past floods, but nothing this severe. Uh, but looking at the South Toe, which was blown out about 10 or 12 years ago, uh, it's returned pretty well uh, to what it was before then. Um, so I think you're looking like for the Davidson in the, in the lower part of the South Toe, you're going to be looking anywhere between three to five years before those areas recover from a standpoint of, of um, a lot of the slab rock and the substrate getting uh, more gravel and sand back in there and enough plant matter in there to sustain the endomology. Uh, of course, that's what the, the, the fish need. So it's, it's a slow process. But there are some areas uh, up on up on the parkway, like the, the the area around Skinnydale Falls, which is totally doesn't exist anymore. I mean, I think we may have mentioned this in our last podcast. Those areas don't even exist anymore on the east fork of the uh, Pigeon River. So it varies by watershed, the size of the watershed, and the the the, the topography of each watershed as to just how quick those bugs can get back in there. You're listening to the Carolina Outdoors, and as our guest Sam Johnson mentioned, you can access it via podcast highlights of the Carolina Outdoors wherever you listen and subscribe to podcasts. You can also listen to us early on a Saturday morning via the airwaves of WBT Radio from Charlotte, North Carolina, as we blast up and down the eastern seaboard. And lastly, just head over to jessebrowns.com, and you can access this program and the other segments that we've had prior here on Highlights of the Carolina Outdoors. Sam Johnson, author of Fly Fishing the Blue Ridge Parkway, North Carolina section. This is a fantastic Father's Day gift, and that's right around the corner for uh, the anglers in our families, whether it be dads, granddads, stepdads, or maybe just your favorite uncle. Um, Sam, if you will go with us, we've kind of talked about the Davidson uh, then and now and what it's going to look like moving forward, the South Toe as well. There's a, a, a creek, if you will, really it's a watershed uh, that carries a lot of water. And it's a big recreation area, not just for fishermen, but for tubers, kayakers, uh, everybody, just north of Morganton, North Carolina, called Wilson Creek. Now, Wilson Creek can be very dangerous when a storm comes up, um, and one like Fred, it carried a high volume of water. But Wilson Creek, as deadly as it can be during a storm, heals up pretty quick. How does it look um, from late last summer to now with Fred and the storms that came through late summer of 21? I've actually only been on it twice um, since Fred came through, and this was this was above Edgemont and Mortimer. This was more in the headwater section, and I didn't see a lot of the scourging that I saw um, on on the Davidson and the Pigeon River and in the lower part of the South Toe. Uh, there was some, uh, but it 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 actually fished pretty well. All of the bridges are intact. And um, we caught a lot of fish. Uh, and I might add that when you talk about the, uh, being dangerous, I actually was caught in a flash flood on, on Wilson Creek, where Wilson Creek and Stack Rock come together about 10 years ago. And uh, it, I was under blue skies 
but I heard the rumbling on top of Grandfather Mountain, and I really didn't think that much of it. Well, that was a big mistake because by the time I realized what was happening, I had about 15 or 20 seconds to get out of that creek and get up the bank before a wall of about about three or four foot of water came in underneath me. So you do need to be careful on the Wilson Creek watershed. And if you don't think three or four feet of water coming down a creek or a stream is a lot, that would be like trying to stop a freight train with your bare hands. That's a lot of water. And that topography through there, Wilson Creek does not feel like you're in North Carolina in certain sections. It's a, it's its own little microcosm of a world. That's a lot of water. And you know, truth be told, Sam, one, you're really fortunate. Um, 15 or 20 seconds is more time than most people get, especially now because we're not paying attention. Um, so when you go out in that water, it's not just what's right around you. You've got to be thinking about what was that sound? What is that coming downstream? That's, that's some scary stuff. Not everybody gets to tell that story. <laughs> well, that's, I wish I didn't have to tell it. But the main thing I would warn people, pay attention what's going on on top of the mountain around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, because just because you're under blue skies or just cloudy skies, if you hear lightning, um, or you hear thunder on top of the mountain and you, you suspect it's raining hard up there, well, just keep in mind that water is going to come down to you. It's just a matter of how much and how quick it will get there. It's no small thing. It is interesting to see how some of these streams have recovered. Of course, we've had a reasonably wet spring and a fairly mild winter, which is is sometimes a good thing for us. But, you know, that heat wave is coming, and we hope we don't have an active Uh, tropical storm and hurricane season where we would get to really repeat what Hurricane Fred did just when we thought 2021 couldn't have gotten worse for anglers. It did. One other kind of question for you, Sam, as we think about this from a non-angling standpoint, so people who enjoy the outdoors, who maybe enjoy the the Ranger District of Pisgah or, or the recreation area around Wilson Creek, the aftermath of a storm like this, we know as anglers what it means, but if you're a camper or a tuber or just somebody who enjoys those places, what does it mean to them? Well, I think that really the same things that it means to us as as, as fishermen, uh, you you got to pay attention uh, to, to the difference between the river before and after that, especially, you know, tubers and kayakers and, 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 and people who are floating. Uh, inflatables. There's so much, there, there's so much um, debris in the water right now, especially along the banks that can that can puncture a raft, or you can get caught up under it, even wading, uh, and get in swift water, get washed up under it, and you can't get out. I mean, those are things that are that are that are very dangerous. But uh, the main thing is just you know study the water before you get in it and make sure you know what you're doing and and what's downstream if you at all get a stream report from someone. Sam Johnson here on the Carolina Outdoors. He's an outdoorsman and author of Fly Fishing the Blue Ridge Parkway North Carolina section. We're picking his brain, Wes Lawson and myself, Bill Barty, about fishing in Western North Carolina. And, Sam, we're ending our time together, but will you tell us, again, back to how we really started, talking about the the summer that's coming and weather warming up, is the answer for us seeking cooler, healthier water as, as the weather warms? Do we go higher? Do we seek altitude, maybe fish the smaller streams? Or what would your advice be to us as many of these streams have... Uh, um, 
the designation of delayed harvest, which is ending the first Saturday in June, where you can catch and release the fish. Now you'll be able to catch and keep the fish, uh, diminishing some of the population. Where can we go as summertime anglers and have success? Well, you, you, you really said it very well. Um, in the summer, as the waters start to warm up, the air temperature gets hotter. Uh, and, and, as, and as well as more recreational activity is on the lower parts of a lot of these rivers and streams that we fish, head upstream. Uh, because as you get higher up into the, the elevations, you get closer into the headwaters, the temperature of the water is going to drop. Uh, you're going to have more oxygen up there, and you're going to you're 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 going to have you're going to have probably better luck in the heat of the summer than you are down low, for for all of those reasons, and also because of the damage in Western Carolina of a lot of the rivers, streams, and creeks from Tropical Storm Fred. Uh, the higher you go up into that watershed, the less damage you're going to see on the stream structure. So you get into more no normal situations as you go go north, and uh, you actually. And the other benefit I like is you get get away from people. So it's just you and the fish. So that would be my my biggest recommendation during the summer is to is to head head north. Fantastic advice and fantastic time spent with Sam Johnson here on the Carolina Outdoors. Thank you much for your time and your knowledge on fly fishing the Blue Ridge Parkway. Well, thank you, Bill. It's a pleasure being with, with you and Wes on Carolina Outdoors. Off he goes and off we go. But just for a moment, we're going to come back on the other side and wrap up this edition of the Carolina Outdoors. <laughs> 